the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Simply put, the lust of the eyes is the sinful desire for things that we see, visually appealing to us. It doesn't come from the Father. It comes from the world. And I want you to note here with Gad and where we're going with this with Gad is this is how the world makes decisions. This is how the world makes decisions. This is the world's way. And the world's way of making decisions is not God's way of making decisions. Often the things you see can cause you to lust after it and lure you in, thus abandoning what God has for you. Today, Pastor Dan explains that the tribe of Gad saw good land on their journey to the promised land. They chose what was pleasing to their eyes and ceased following God completely. And though it wasn't instantly terrible, it wasn't God's best for them. They were more vulnerable to attack by the enemy, as you will be if you make choices based on your worldly desires instead of being obedient to God. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 49 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So we're going to be back in the book of Genesis, chapter 49, if you want to turn there in your Bible for me. Genesis 49. Uh, We're going to look at uh, three other locations in your Bible. So if you want to go ahead and find those also. Numbers 32. Numbers 32. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Numbers 32. Luke chapter 8 and Matthew 15. Numbers 32, Luke 8, Matthew 15. We're in Genesis 49. We're also going to look at Numbers 32, Luke 8, Matthew 15, Genesis 49. Today we left off at verse 19, where it says, Gad, a troop, shall tramp upon him. He shall triumph at last. And Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, just these great things that we're gleaning out of this chapter. And Lord, we pray and ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher today. We ask, Lord, that your Spirit would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. Lord, we pray that you would give us each application. Lord, I pray that your Spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So in chapter 49, as many of you know, we have Jacob's final words to each of his 12 sons before Jacob dies. And the words that Jacob spoke to each son were prophetic. They were prophecy. They were describing what would happen in the future to each of the 12 tribes. And this is what is known as predictive prophecy. And predictive prophecy is one of the ways that we know 
that the Bible is the word of God and not just merely the words of man or the thoughts of men. It's the word of God, and prophecy demonstrates that to us. It shows us that the Bible is trustworthy. The Bible is filled with hundreds of predictive prophecies, like we find here in chapter 49. We have been taking Jacob's prophetic words to each of his sons and then looking at their fulfillment later in Israel's history and kind of tracing out their fulfillment later in Scripture. Uh, We've already looked at Jacob's final words to Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Zebulun, Issachar, and Dan. And today in our study, we look at Jacob's final words to his son, Gad. So we're going to look at Gad. Again, I want to read verse 19 for you. Gad, a troop, shall tramp upon him, but he shall triumph at last. Again, this is prophetic. Now, this verse is a play on words with the name Gad. The name Gad means a troop in Hebrew, and four of the six Hebrew words in this verse are are a form of the word Gad. And so it's a play on words here. Uh, Gad, it says, will be tramped upon, or your translation might say raided. They will be raided by enemy armies. That's the first part of this prophecy about the future of the tribe of Gad. Gad will suffer from frequent attacks from hostile enemies. Now, how was this prophecy fulfilled? Or maybe a more important question to ask is why? Why did Gad experience frequent attacks from hostile enemies? Gad's geographic location was the main reason for their frequent attacks. If you notice here where Gad is located, uh, Gad, along with, you see, East Manasseh and you see Reuben as well, they're all on the eastern side of the Jordan River. The Jordan River goes from the Sea of Galilee down to the Dead Sea. And all these three tribes are on the eastern side of the Jordan River outside of the promised land. Now, why was their territory allotted on the east side of the Jordan River? Well, to answer that question, we need to go to Numbers chapter 32. So turn to Numbers 32 for me. And here in Numbers 32, it says in verse 1, Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of livestock, that would be sheep. And notice what it says, And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that indeed the region was a place for livestock. So here, here we're told, they're, they're in the land of Jazer, the land of Gilead. That's that land that's located east of the Jordan River. And we're told that the tribe of Gad had a great multitude of livestock, And the land east of the Jordan River was a place for livestock. It was perfect for raising livestock. And I want you to note in verse 1 that it says, when they saw the land. When they saw the land. And let me ask you a question. Was Gad walking by faith or were they walking by sight? They're walking by sight. They saw the land. It looked good to them. It looked uh, like a great place to raise livestock. 
It looked like a place where they would like to live and where they would prosper. Now, this is what John in the New Testament calls the lust of the eyes. The lust of the eyes. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, John says, For everything in the world, everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. Simply put, the lust of the eyes is the sinful desire for things that we see, visually appealing to us. It doesn't come from the Father. It comes from the world. And I want you to note here with Gad, and where we're going with this with Gad, is this is how the world makes decisions. This is how the world makes decisions. This is the world's way. And the world's way of making decisions is not God's way of making decisions. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. In all your ways acknowledge the Lord through prayer, through searching the scripture for guidance. And as you do that, the Lord will Direct your path when you're making a decision. What should I do? Where should we go? Should I take this job? Should I move here? Should I go to school there? As you acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, through prayer, through the word, through seeking him, the Lord will direct your path. The world's way of making decisions is, well, does this appeal to me? Does this appeal to my flesh? Does this appeal to my desires? Do I like it? Do, do, I, do I want it? Well, does it look good to me? Does it appeal to my pride or my ego? The, the land of Gilead on the east side of the Jordan, it, it just looked good to Gad. It just looked good to them. And so verse 2 Numbers 32, verse 2, the children of Gad and the children of Reuben, they came and spoke to Moses and to Eliezer, the priests, and to the leaders of the congregation, saying, in verse 3, it lists some of the places there in that area. And look at verse 4, the country which the Lord defeated before the congregation of Israel is a land for livestock, and your servants have livestock. Therefore, they said, If we have found favor in your sight, let this land be given to your servants as a possession. Do not take us over the Jordan River. Gadden and Reuben asked to settle east of the Jordan. They go to Moses and and they say, hey, this this land here that we've conquered, Gilead, man, this 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 is the perfect for livestock. And we've got livestock. We've got lots of livestock. We want to live here. Please don't take us over the Jordan River into the promised land. They're walking by sight. They're making decisions in the flesh, the lust of the eyes. Don't take us over the Jordan River. We'd rather just stay here. And as you read through chapter 32, Moses agreed to their request. And Gad made the decision to stay on the east side of the Jordan River For worldly reasons, not for spiritual reasons. Not for spiritual reasons. They're not led by the spirit in this decision. They're led by their flesh. 
And because they settled east of the Jordan River, Gad was vulnerable to attacks from the surrounding nations. That's what Jacob's prophecy is referring to back in Genesis 49, that raiders from neighboring countries will raid Gad constantly, frequently, because of, listen, because of where they chose to live. And they made this decision completely in in the flesh. Now, the the Jordan River, again, it goes from the Galilee down to the Dead Sea. It served as kind of a, a barrier and help to keep enemies out. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment, but first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Uh, You think about the book of Joshua. When the children of Israel, they come to the Jordan River, God has to miraculously part the Jordan River so that they can cross through into the promised land. The Jordan River was was sort of a, a, a barrier that helped to prevent enemies from coming in. It wasn't foolproof, but it helped. Gad, they're on the other side of the Jordan River. They're on the east side of the Jordan River. They don't have that barrier protecting them. They, they choose, because they're walking in the flesh when they make this decision, and they choose to, you know, to live outside the wire on the other side where they're just vulnerable to attacks. You know, in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, in this world, we will have trouble. It's just a fact, right? We have, you just have trouble in the world. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if some strange thing has happened to you. Trials and troubles are just part of life in this broken world that's ruined by sin. It's, it's just inescapable. It's true for, for everyone. But Gad, Gad, in a very real sense, put themselves in a place where they experienced trouble. Yes, there there are trials and troubles that are part of life, but sometimes, listen, listen, sometimes we make trouble for ourselves. (laughs) Sometimes by the decisions we make in the flesh, we can invite trouble into our lives. We can invite trials. We can make ourselves vulnerable to attacks from the enemy, Satan. First Peter 5.8 says, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Our enemy, the devil, is like a lion looking for someone to devour. Now, you, you all have watched those animal shows, like on Animal Planet, or if you're older, you remember on Saturdays, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom 
with Marlon Perkins, right? And the lion, right? The, the lion would always go after the vulnerable prey, right? The, the one zebra with a limp that was slower than the rest or whatever it may be. He would always go after the, the easy the easy target. And, 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 and that, that's what he does. He looks for the easy target, the one that's easy to pick off. And when we follow the world's ways of making decisions, where we're walking by sight, we're making this decision totally in the flesh, we're just obeying our desires, we can actually put ourselves in a place where we become an easy target. For the enemy, where we're living on the east side of the Jordan River instead of in the promised land that God has for us. We end up in a place where we're an easy target. When it comes to making decisions, we should always listen. We should always seek first the kingdom of God in every decision you make for life. What what does that mean? That Jesus should be at the forefront of the decision. In every decision. We we should ask questions like, uh, will this put Jesus Christ first in my life? Or is this going to bump Jesus down the list somewhere? Uh, How will this decision impact my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? How will this decision impact uh, my family spiritually? How will this impact my children spiritually? Uh, Will this decision make it easier for me to be in fellowship with other believers or will it make it more difficult? Will this isolate me from the body of Christ or will this bring me closer to the body of Christ? Uh, Reuben, Gad, and and, uh, half the tribe of Manasseh, they were isolated over there. You know, the tabernacle set up in Shiloh. That's kind of a long trip for them. You know, living on the east side of the Jordan River made it difficult to get to church kind of thing. Too far away. Right? So will this isolate me from the body of Christ? Will this bring me closer to the body of Christ? And I, I, I'm emphasizing this because some Christians do not consider the spiritual impact of their decisions that they make. They only think, you know, they only think on the horizontal and give no thought to the vertical at all. And does it just appeal to the flesh? Well, this looks good. This seems good. I think this will make me happy. And that's how they make their decision. And that's how you end up living on the east side of the Jordan River, constantly harassed by the enemy. And they just, you know, they just assume the spiritual stuff will work itself out. And you should make the decision the other way. Focus on the spiritual. How is this going to affect my relationship with the Lord? I want to do the thing that's going to bring me closest to the Lord Jesus Christ, where I'm going to grow the most in my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God, and he's going to add all the other things. Instead, quite often people will focus on all the other things and think, well, Jesus will just be added to that. They've got it backwards. Now, not only did Gad experience frequent raids from their neighbors, uh, neighbors like Moab and Ammon and Syria, uh, Gad, along with Reuben and half the tribe of Manasseh, they were the first tribes carried away in the captivity by the Assyrians. 
They were the first tribes conquered by the Assyrians and enslaved. Well, of course they were, because they're on the east side of the Jordan River. They were the first tribes that Assyria came to when they came to invade the land. They were the first ones picked off. Right? Again, there's great spiritual application for us in this. And you know people, I know people that have made a decision in the flesh. And then you see them, you know, sometime later and they're not even walking with the Lord anymore. Or, or their kids are totally spun out. They've been living on the east side of the Jordan River. Made themselves an easy target. Now, go back to chapter 49 again and. Let's look at our verse for today. Again, let me read it to you. Verse 19, Gad, a troop shall tramp upon him. That's what we've just looked at. But he shall triumph at last. So the second part of the prophecy about Gad is that they shall triumph at, at last. Yes, because of their decision because they walked in the flesh and made this decision in the flesh, they end up on the east side of the Jordan River. They put themselves in a position where they were constantly tramped upon by enemy armies. But the second half of this prophecy is, he shall triumph at last. Well, when did Gad triumph? I just said they were carried away into captivity by the Assyrians. So when did Gad triumph? In the New Testament. In the New Testament. In the New Testament, the territory of Gad is called Gadara. It was the region of the Gadarenes. Maybe you remember that name from the Gospels. The story found in the Gospels of the demon-possessed man who lived in Gadara. Right? He lived in Gad, stretches all the way up to the southern part of the Sea of Galilee. That's Gadara in the New Testament. So, let's see how they triumphed. Turn with me over to Luke chapter 8 in the New Testament. Because they triumph at last, so let's see how. Luke chapter 8, verse 22. It says, Now it happened on a certain day that Jesus got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. Now, I want you to note here, when Jesus says, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. Uh, Jews, at that time, they lived on the western side of the Sea of Galilee. And generally speaking, Jews did not cross over to the other side of the lake, or the other side of the Sea of Galilee, because the other side of the Sea of Galilee was pagan. It was an area known as the Decapolis or the Ten Roman Cities. And they were pagan cities. They were full of idolatry. They were full of uh, immorality and, and, and perversity and uncleanness of all, of all kinds. And so, uh, so the Jews didn't go over there because it was defiling. And so here, just right off the bat here on this, you know, it just so happened on a certain day, they get into the boat The disciples are looking at Jesus. Where do you want to go? And Jesus says, well, let's cross over to the other side. And when Jesus says that to the the Jewish disciples, when he says, let's cross over to the other side, uh, that would have put the disciples on edge. 
Because we don't go over there. We're Jews. We don't go to the other side. But it says they launched out. Okay, you want to go to the other side? We'll go over the other side. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis. Although some might view Genesis simply as a historical account of genealogies, the undercurrent throughout this book entails a broader understanding of God's nature toward His people. You're introduced to God's care and concern for His creation, how sin stained what God had created, and what God intended to do to atone for the sin that overshadowed the world altogether. God's plan included a Savior that would envelop His creation in love and sacrifice that might seem incomprehensible to the average person. But God's ways are higher than anything that we as humans can understand. Yet He chose to come to our level anyway. That's a Creator God who's invested for the long haul. If anything about today's message has struck a chord with you, we'd like to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not connected yet with a local church, we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have more to share from the book of Genesis next time, right here on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.